This is Tech Talk for Accountant Show, where we discuss the hottest topics, tools, apps, and trends in the accounting industry. This show is sponsored by Rush Tech Support, who is offering all listeners of the show a free IT audit so you can know whether or not your business is at risk of being hacked, having a data breach, or getting fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for non-compliance. You can schedule a free check at rushtech.online slash podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I'm your host, Andrew Lassis, with Rush Tech Support, specializing in IT for accountants. And with us today is Chris Rivera from Integrity. And what we're going to dive into today is misconceptions and the benefits of having offshore employees, what that means for your organization, how it can help you scale your firm, how just the the high level, and then we'll dig into the granularity of it. But um, super happy to have him on the show. I've met Chris months ago, and it's it's great that we've finally get a chance to to do this. So, Chris, how are you doing, man? Andrew, thank you so much. Um, this is awesome uh, hosting me today. I appreciated your time, and and I know you're going on vacation soon. So, thank you for. Uh, uh, taking this moment for today. I'm doing well. Uh, this is uh, our season. It's been very busy. It's been a lot of fun though. It's, it's what we're prepared for helping out the accounting community. Um, so very excited to offer some insight on uh, this whole offshore aspect. So when people hear offshore, a lot of times I know just kind of my knee jerk reaction is, well, it's someone in India, I can't trust it. I'd rather it be in the States. What's what's your response when I'm sure you get that all the time? If that's my knee jerk reaction, I'm sure that others feel the same way. What's kind of your stance on it? Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of stigmas in regards to it, and um, it, it's going to take time to overcome them. Um, and so it, it's certain instances get more exposure in general than all the good things that this whole concept's been providing for over two decades. So, yeah, it's like, oh, you know, people get uh, apprehensive. Uh, I've heard a story and usually it's like one story <laughs> that has zero relevance from some individual. Uh, so in that aspect, you, know, you have to do your due diligence and you have to be careful. Um, so it's important to work with a company that provides the whole uh, background checks, vetting, pre-screening, you know, because otherwise if you're doing this on your own and you're exploring it, um, you are responsible for it, right? And so you have to do your due diligence is the key thing. And in regards to the whole stigma, it, it's um, uh, what happens is one or two bad experiences get so much exposure when people don't realize that, you know, especially what we've done is helping over 550 accounting firms over the last eight years and providing them dedicated staff, right? So unfortunately it'll take time, but you know, doing it, doing things like this today will help the audience and the community understand that it's fine. It's, there's, it's not that bad. So if someone gets over the, the trust hurdle, which I'm sure is one of the biggest ones. And like you said, I mean, people are people. It's not like bad things don't happen in America. Like I've had some employees just over the past and it used to be, well, hire everyone. Everyone deserves a chance. And then as I progressed in business, it was like, maybe everyone doesn't deserve a chance. Maybe like, <laughs> maybe we should go for the pedigree, pay 
pay more. And I mean, it's a lesson learned as, as you grow through uh, the trials and tribulations of running a business, but so get, getting over the, the trust factor, what are some of the benefits of working with offshore uh, staff? Great question. Um, the, the once you relax and, and believe me, nine out of 10 calls I have, there's just, they're on edge. Sometimes they're sweating on the call. No, it's, it, it, it's understandable, right? But once you relax and realize and everything that we review in our protocols, procedures, policies, then it's kind of like, all right, well, this isn't too bad, you know, and, and working with dedicated staff with a company is very important. And so we set it up by um, doing virtual interviews, you know, it's via Zoom, Skype, Teams. And so it's important to see the person that will be working with you, right? And so that's the one thing that's an important benefit is having dedicated staff. The next thing is having work done while you're sleeping, right? Uh, we're, we have several offices in India and it's um, the India makes it simple. They have one time zone. We have like four or five and then daylight savings, mass confusion. So we make it simple for our clients by providing a 3 a.m. start time in their uh, specific time zone with overlap till noon, one o'clock. And so that enables while you're sleeping, work's getting done. Isn't that awesome, right? <laughs> How does that happen? And, and then it's just the, the technical aspect. Um, a lot of firms that we work with are in smaller areas, rural areas, they can't find local talent, they can't find experienced local talent. And they're stuck and then they're working um, 70, 80 hours a week now with season coming up. And it's like, you don't have to do that, right? There are other options, there are other resources out there. And so have, having the ability to uh, the better work-life balance, getting work done while you're sleeping for review, having someone dedicated that you interviewed and hired and trust and building a relationship with are just the top three benefits that I could think of. Um, the also having the, um, uh, the, the, whatever security that they have in their office, right. On top of our additional layers ensures, and we've never had a security breach in this model. So now it's like, huh, okay. All right. All right. This can work for me. Yeah. That proof of concept, I think goes a long way. And that's one of the things, obviously, you know, we focus a ton on the cybersecurity aspect of working with accountants and accounting firms and data privacy. Like that's obviously like a huge topic for us because we see it day in and day out. And a lot of it, I think it's kind of like germs where if you don't have a microscope, it's just like, yeah, they're not really there. But then you pull out a microscope and it's like, oh my gosh, like all this is actually happening, you know, and then you're going crazy washing your hands every like 10 seconds because you see the germs replicating in the bacteria and all that stuff. And a lot of that is happening just without you realizing it. And one of my clients, we had set up a firewall and they saw all the attacks that happen on their server. And she's like, she's like, I think something's wrong. Like we get, we get, it says here we get attacked like every five seconds. There's attacks and attacks and attacks. And and they all keep, it says the attacks are failing. Like, I think something's wrong with the server. And it's, no, you just now have your microscope. This is what has been going on in the background. And this is where benefits of an organization like ours stopping these attacks that you weren't maybe privy to until it's too late, you know, and then your whole, your whole company shut down and it's, oh, how did this happen? Because just the one 
gets blown out because that's the one that that you see. And just like you said, with the offshoring, you know, you hear the horror story, but most people don't have a plural, even though tons of organizations are doing this. And it's kind of like, you know, I think with everything in life, there's going to be inherent risk and, you know, people die in car accidents and that's not stopping us from saying never, I'm never driving in a car again because car accidents can happen. You know, it's unfortunately something that can happen. And those are a lot more frequent than these data breaches through offshoring companies, especially when you've got a vetting process. And I think that's an important thing to recognize. Like just because you were born in a different continent doesn't automatically put you in a predisposition to be an unethical person. But, and maybe this is just the, I don't know if it's me, um, looking at, we'll call it what it is. I think Americans have, have like a disposition that if you're not from America, you can't be trusted and Americans are like the True. worst people. We're the worst. Yeah. <laughs> we are the worst. Yeah, we are. Our we are the worst. To get into the doors any day nowadays. Right. Yeah. Well, we had, it's, we had someone that was Filipino and we had a prospect, it was a medical center and everybody spoke Spanish in the organization. So to them, having a staff that was bilingual was crucial. And so I was asking everyone, do you speak Spanish? Do you speak Spanish? And our guy who just does low level stuff, who's in the Philippines, the hardest worker in the world. And, and the American response was either yes, see, or no, in the end. And that was what I had expected, but his response, and this floors me, his response was no, but I will learn for you, sir. And I'm like, no one in America has ever said, I will learn more without the end of it, without the end of the sentence being, if you pay me more. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. How much money will I get from this? Right. That's good customer service right there. Right. But so, I mean, and I think if, if people haven't traveled and I mean, I was very closed minded and very, you know, America, number one, were the best, but it was really just because I live here. So right. that was, you know, and that's kind of what we're taught is that, you know, America is the best. And I mean, we are, duh, but like I've been to other countries and it's like, you know what? Other countries are way nicer like very nice. Like the first time I was in the Bahamas, I'd brought my dog and, you know, uh, short, short, uh, long story short, don't bring your dog to a foreign country without proper paperwork. But so I, I bring her off the plane and they're like, um, you don't have proper documentation for her. And in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to, they're going to take an American. They're going to kill it. Like, I can't believe I did this without, what was I thinking? And, and I just told her, I was like, I didn't know. And she's like, Oh, okay. And the end, I said, I didn't know. And that is okay. In other countries. My God. And next time you come to this country, just remember to bring paper. Remember your dog will not be going home with you. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. But that's it. You know, if it's all, you know, then, and you don't have that uh, cultured experience. I think if you've experienced being in other countries, other cultures, it's easier to wrap your head around that just because someone doesn't, isn't from the same place as you doesn't automatically turn them into a bad person as much as, you know, it's kind of taught to us 
that the, um, you know, America, number one, the best. And so, but with, uh, with offshoring, I'd imagine in your industry, similar to ours, that it probably costs less like the dollar per talent unit. However you want to measure that it's probably less. Right. Is that accurate? Spot on. It's the rupee. He, he learned something new today. You get 72 rupees per dollar and 72 rupees. You can eat breakfast, breakfast, $71. That's how cheap it is. And, and that's, um, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, yeah, our pricing starts at nine bucks an hour and people are like $9 an hour. Right. Who are you going to get for nine bucks they, an hour? Can they type? <laughs> you know, can they, <laughs> you know, do they know how to, and, 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 it, and it's fine because, um, when I explain to clients that it's their first time doing this, you have to have an open mind. You have to, if you have a closed mind, this will not work for you. You know, and it's not, offshoring is not for everybody, you know, it's, it's, and that's fine. But um, you have to have an open mind. You have to ex- will be willing to explore, be willing to try it out, right? And and just see if, it, if, if it'll happen. But if you go in with a tunnel vision and like uh, all, all these, uh, the two bad experiences you hear and you're not willing to change that this just simply won't work for you. And, and you don't have to travel the world. I mean, I love to travel myself. And so I've been to other countries. I've lived in India. Heck, I saved more money living in India in the two months I was there than the eight years I've lived in New York City, just to put things in perspective. <laughs> but yeah, the, the cost savings is, is, is another added value too, right? Um, the the, uh, the uh, benefits I mentioned earlier are the key ones. But then when you look at it, if you're a smaller firm or, or a one man, one woman shop, nine bucks an hour, and you're trying to hire that same profile locally, and it may be 20 bucks an hour, it's hard. It's hard for them to scale and grow. So this is another resource for them. And then um, uh, as far as uh, the, the pricing too, having the ability to have a dedicated staff working for you at a low price point at just 10 hours a week, you start slowly scaling up. Cause that's another issue too that I'm finding is that it's hard to get uh, part-time associates or seasonal associates or reliable part-time. Everyone wants full-time, wants benefits, want stock options, want, they want everything. The Without experience. Way. Without experience. That was my disposition. I thought if I had a degree, I make six figures off the rip and I'd be willing right. to settle for 60. And then it was like, Hey, welcome to the real world. You don't have any experience. And that whole college thing was a huge myth. No one cares about you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, even prior to working for this company, uh, I had director management experience and I started off as an associate. You got to prove yourself. And I did. And, and it's been an amazing experience to move up quickly, but I, of course you always got to prove yourself. And so um, that's another benefit too, with the, with the smaller um, firms is that they can take an associate and groom them into a manager and have, so have another resource offshore, have a manager building their offshore team, complementing their onshore team. We were compiling our 2020 uh, annual client survey. We're noticing that there's about a 12% increase in local hiring too. And so that's another stigma, you know, we're taking away American jobs and it's like, eh, not really, you know, we're actually growing the local market. Um, and there, I mean, we could probably spend the whole day on the stigmas here, but that's another one that I wanted to mention that is to take away the job. And that's never the case. It's about working together, collaborating together as one. And the, the taking away jobs, it's, and maybe this is just 
my view as, as, you know, business owner and, you know, CFO and focusing on the financials at a very granular level. But, you know, I have people in my organization that are making six figures and they earn that wage. It's not a matter of, well, I pay you so much money and what do I get in return? Like I can see the value of having that person in particular and the unique things that they bring to the organization that you can't just hire from a resume, the experience, the rapport, the relationship building, all these things that, you know, my highest paid employees, I'm not really looking to try to find a lower cost alternative because they are uniquely qualified for the position that they have. And I have no issue with that. And then on the flip side, you know, there's, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like good or bad, but just the people doing technical work, the compliance work, you know, in the, in the accounting field where, you know, if you can do one, you can do a lot of different ones and not necessarily one size fits all. There's different levels of skill and that comes with everything. But from the customer point of view of, I want my QuickBooks number to equal my bank account number. I want my books reconciled each month. I want the numbers to be accurate, especially on compliance type things. Yes, you could hire a $300 an hour CPA to do that same work, or you could get the exact same answer for these compliance work where it's, it's not necessarily just bean counting, but at the same time, it's not rocket science. And if you don't have to spend all this extra money for things, like we had a girl in our organization, I believe I'd shared it before, but her previous company had gone out of business and she was working HR for them. Resume was perfect. Like the best resume possible. We're going to do finance in-house. This girl's the one. And day one, I'm showing her our QuickBooks online. And she was like, she was like, did you upload the transactions? Like before I came in, like, how did they all get in here? And I was like, no, it's just, I don't know. It's automatic. She's like, what do you mean? It's automatic. Like, like you have like a system. And I'm like, no, you just type in your bank credentials and it just sinks. She's like, wow, I didn't know that existed. That was my whole job at my last company was importing all their, uh, all their transactions every single day and reconciling. And I was like, that, that's like a five minute task per day. She's like, that was my full-time job. It's like, no wonder they went out of business. <laughs> but they, but oh, you know, like they were not aware that yeah. this existed. They were stuck to doing it the old way. And yeah. even if someone tells you, yeah, QuickBooks Online does that automatically. When you don't have an open mind, you just look at, I have to hire somebody to do this job as opposed to it's either going to be done correctly or incorrectly. There's zero gray area as to whether or not your books reconcile, or at least my peanut brain. I'm not, I am not an accountant or a claim to be one, but I have at least a decent understanding of low level finance that yeah. if your books, you know, if assets equals liability plus equity and it balances, then you're probably in a good spot. Yeah. To get that, you don't have to pay crazy top dollar and you get the same result and you could allocate those resources to other things that help grow the company. And if you have a ton of profitability and you're super busy, 
then you could take on local talent, you know, people that can show up to networking events and meet people face to face and handle stuff that isn't just the, here's the compliance work. And especially the direction the accounting profession is moving towards of the compliance stuff. I mean, that is the past, the next 10 years, it's going to be a lot more of the virtual CFO, the consultant, because, you know, the gap is being, it's a lot smaller now for how much talent you need in order to be able to do these things that, you know, CPAs used to hang their hat on. Now computers do it. And, you know, we hear, well, the computer will never do it as good as me. And what about this? And what about that? But for a lot of organizations, it's like, yeah, I could pay you a lot of money or I could pay this software that does a good enough job, especially, you know, the smaller organizations, right? Like the less than yeah. 10 where it's like, look, just make it match, you know, that don't see the value. So I've, I've hijacked all of your time. So <laughs> back, back into, uh, you know, who, who this is really about. So, so Chris, yeah. what are, what are some of the, the like client success stories that you've seen with integrity? So the, uh, you had mentioned something, um, Oh yeah. So changing the roles of the local team. So that was great because now the, this, the managing director, managing partner, firm owner is like, all right, guys, we're not paying you, you know, 30 bucks an hour to do compliance work. We're paying you $30 an hour and you're going to visit clients virtually or in person. Right. And, but you still need the compliance work done. Who does it? Right. And, and you don't, and you don't want to pay another person $30 an hour to do this. But you're changing, and I'm noticing that a lot with 2020. Even prior to the pandemic, a lot of cl uh, clients moving to that CAS model or CAAS advisory and accounting services. And so now it's like, I need that entry though. What do I do? And that's where offshore can come into play because we if you take it off while they're uh, everyone's sleeping, wake up, and now you're ready for your client facing day rather than starting for the first three or four hours, inputting everything, generating the reports. It's already there. Right. And so that's what I'm noticing is um, the the uh, uh, changing of the changing of the role of the local staff and being able to complement with the offshore staff. And then the, um, the the pandemic has been very unique. Uh, I mean, it's extremely unfortunate with all the deaths going on. And it's just we got to get it, you know, get this over with sooner than later. It's always going to be with us, but we got to slow it down. Uh, wear a mask. And then but the idea here is that uh, virtual. Right. I, I used to speak with clients and they would be they would say, uh, yeah, I've heard of the concept. Yeah. India. And then, you know, having a remote worker not happening. And it's just the mindset of moving virtual was a huge, a uh, lot of apprehension, hesitation with that. Then on come the pandemic. It's like, oh, well, do you have to become fully virtual? No, not whatsoever. Partially virtual. And then clients are realizing, hey. I could do this. Yeah, you know, I'm logging on from home into my office server. How the heck did I do that? You know, guys like you are set, setting up that type of, uh, of uh, work right there. Thanks, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and, and the, uh, the accounting industry has been slow to move towards that environment, which is fine because of the sensitivity, the data and everything. But there's just there's so many resources and tools out there. So that's another thing that I noticed is clients are now like, um, oh, I'm just sending off e-signatures. I used to beat the client. They have to sign off. The pen wouldn't have ink. Now it's just like boom, 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 boom. So the efficiency and processing is just getting a lot quicker. 
and even um, uh, uh, hiring and building and expanding, like only work in my local town, only hire a local town. Now it's like, well, I just hired a guy in a big city, like, right, I'm in New York City. Uh, um, and someone in Buffalo only hired in Buffalo, but now like, I actually have two people remote working in New York City for me. I've been looking for and I couldn't find. Right? And so the ability to grow and scale in that aspect. And the, another thing, um, I had a very interesting call with a client the other day. It was actually the CEO uh, of one of the largest firms in Canada. And he has been tasked with moving the, the company into from second generation into third generation. In order to do that, because what happens during this transition is a lot of companies will either get bought up, bought out, or simply fold. And so it's a huge task that he's undertaking. And in order to do that, you have to see what other resources are for you to do that. And, you know, we, we end up talking and speaking, going over the options, and he was like, God, this could be a great resource for me. And so the yeah the pandemic is just it's just really opened up a lot of opportunities but the idea is that it's been there it's been there for years just many companies remote working 30 years ago i've i've worked remotely four years i'll never go into an office that's just personal but it's there the resources the tools use it and so that's what i'm seeing recently happening yeah and we actually one of the the cool byproducts of the uh pandemic and the opening our mind because we we stopped working in the office um early march so 10 months ago it stinks i'm still on the lease so it's like the one of the biggest expenses for literal yeah. storage for old computers that are done yeah. but but some of our employees uh two people who they were great employees from a couple years back and they just wanted to move change of scenery so they left Florida and moved to North Carolina and, you know, pandemic happens. And then we actually, we had like a giant spike and then a giant dip. So then we realized we have a ton of extra staff that's really not doing anything. And when all we can do when we're working remotely is measure people just strictly off productivity. And it's like, you know, if one person who's making a decent amount of money only does one session for the day. It's like, you know, we're expecting people to do between 10 and 15 and there's only enough work for you to do one. So it's like, well, we're not really, you know, this isn't really making sense. And then we had reached out to the other guys and it was like, you know, we have, we have all these managers and stuff and it's just frankly not necessary once we moved to the remote model and we reached out to the guys that were in North Carolina and we're like, Hey, everyone's remote anyway. So just because, you know, this one person is 10 miles away from me versus you a thousand miles away, it really doesn't make a difference over Slack. You know, like I know that you guys can get the job done and they hated their current jobs that they were at. So it, it worked for everybody. And so, I mean, and in this it wasn't even like the geo arbitrage of like offshoring, but you know, no one would have the mindset of, well, those guys are in North Carolina and you're in Florida. What if something happens in Florida? And it's like, yeah, <laughs> we just send people from Florida. <laughs> and now we even, <laughs> if something happens in North Carolina, we've got boots on the ground there too. So like there's yep. other than the, the local taxes, which kind of makes things because Florida doesn't have state tax. So we, it's like, oh yeah, when you've got someone in another state, then you've got 
uh, state taxes there. But other than the HR side of things, it's just like, this is a huge win that we get to get these people that previously couldn't work for us anymore. And Mm -hmm. all of us liked working with each other. Just geographically, we couldn't. And now reconnected. And it's like, this is, this is incredible. And it's a huge win for everyone involved. So I love the remote model. And I mean, we are the type that are like, Hey, you can work remotely like VPN in the office. And, but then it's like our own staff. It's like, we got to be in the office. And then when we can't, it's like, I guess we didn't need to. <laughs> let's just do it remote. Like these other guys are awesome. So let's just do that. It's yeah. Cool. It, it's, it's, it's insane that um, I've worked in different industries and I've, I've, I've been in client relations no matter what, but across different industries and the technology and the tools and the resources that they were using. I come into the accounting industry and it's like, wow, there's so many tech stacks available out there. And I was like, this should be such a fun industry to work in. And I was like, what? wait a second, what's going on here? And there's just so much um, uh, pushback on that. And, and, and yeah. for, I don't even know what reasons. Um, and if so it ain't it, broke, don't fix it. I think is <sighs> that's the mindset of a lot. It's it's one or the other. It's we need newer, better, faster, or it's I'm retiring in five years and don't care. And just because you tell me that Excel has a function in it to do math for me, I trust this calculator with tape more. <laughs> I've seen it. Like this wasn't yeah. a made up story. This this was an anecdote, not an exaggeration. It, it and but in order and, and change is constant. Right. And that's the thing. And, and, and no matter what happens, pandemic or not, change is constant. And do you have to um, do you have to love it or hate it? I mean, it's up to you, but you do have to simply embrace it. You have to understand it and you have to see the value. But a lot of times there's just a you know, closed minded approach to that. And heck, if you just don't look at it, it may not help you, but it, it or it may help you. But you don't know unless you explore it and check it out and see, ah, you know what, let's give it a try. Um, and that's the, uh, taking a look at it into, into their company too. Like you were mentioning about all the, the, the overheads and like the offices and having, um, uh, uh additional chairs or subscription services. I think ha- having more time now has been able to have clients take a deeper dive into their firms and businesses and see what's the most, um, they can most utilize now what they don't need or what the heck is this bill and what's going on. It's another thing I noticed too. But with the, um, um, uh, in regards to the offshoring aspect, uh, definitely the pandemic has, has realized that you can become partially virtual and you can explore outside of your city for sure. Yeah, that's, that's been a huge takeaway, I think, for just the world as a whole. You know, things like Zoom and, and my investment claim to fame, I bought Zoom the day that it came out. I've been using it for years. Smart man. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I wish I had just put all my money into it. Then I wouldn't even <laughs> need a podcast. It'd just be, <laughs> wouldn't even need or to you, talk to you. I'd just be done. <laughs> but <laughs> but we're here. <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, at least I get to do things that I enjoy with people that are right. really great to get to know like yourself. But uh yeah, being open to things like Zoom. And I mean, I've, I've been doing it for a long time, but, you know, to get other people that aren't as progressive and accepting of technology, you know, in our industry, we don't get a choice. Like we literally right. 
have to because that's exactly what we get paid to do. But for a lot of people, you know, meeting a client like and actually the last time this happened was right before the end of March, we had just hired someone and he had got me an appointment with with another person. And we were talking about business development, relationship, blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, look, I need to meet you face to face. I need to look someone in the eye before I even consider doing business with them. And I was like, you know, I completely understand that. And, but then it was like when the pandemic just exploded and then he's like, never mind. Like zoom is good. <laughs> Zoom's, good. Zoom's fine. Like virtual eye to eye. It's all the same thing. Right. And yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. But it's, it's changed since then, you know, but uh, Chris, I want to be, I want to be conscious of your time. Where can people learn more about you and integrity? Yeah, sure. So uh, simply uh, integrity.com, right? Make sure you spell it right. E-N-T-I-G-R-I-T-Y. We have a lot of resources, a lot of content. You'll see my face everywhere on there. Uh, Just type in Christopher Rivera on LinkedIn. It's my legal name. I go by Chris. Uh, And and take a look at everything that we do. Um, The, 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 uh, again, keeping an open mind, understanding that You'll, you, unless you fly to India, you're probably not going to meet this person. It's going to be a remote worker, but our offices are open. Just wear a mask. Um, and and it, it's full transparency, right? And bring the stigmas to the call. You know, whatever you have, whatever questions you have. You know, it's like when uh, we were talking before, my identity is getting sold. Things like that. It's not going to happen, right? I have a whole personal experience story. We'll talk about that in the next time. Um, but yeah, you know, just explore it. There's no cost or obligation. It's a lot of fun. I'm very, as you can tell, very relaxed. Um, and, and and just inform yourself, educate yourself, you know, be proactive. And so then when uh, stuff hits the fan, you know, hey, I explored this before, let's do it. And you can move uh, faster or sooner than later. Yeah, I, I think that's, it's such an important topic. And I think it's only going to become more and more prevalent yeah. as, you know, we roll into the new normal, which now it's not even new normal. It's just regular normal that we've all just kind of regular done. new. We can't uh, blame 2020 anymore. Normal. So it's just like, this is life, I guess. Right. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so guys, Again, if you enjoyed, embrace it. Don't love it or hate it. You can love it or hate it, but you have to embrace it. You, you really don't get a choice. I mean, that's, yep. that's basically what it comes down to. And guys, if you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, share, be sure to check out Chris with integrity. If you're interested in business process offshoring, that is a great resource to have. And Chris, thank you so much for being on the show and take care. Of course. Be good. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Be sure to subscribe if you like the show. And remember, if you would like a complimentary IT audit of your business, go to rushtech.online slash podcast to schedule a time with a certified technician who can look over your current IT systems and make recommendations on how to make sure you and your clients are safe.